Welcome to the Use Guys in That Podcast with Jay Colo, your host. Also hosting is Chris G. And uh, co-hosting and running the soundboard is Angel the Sound Girl. Uh, I just wanted to get something off my chest here. I had a private conversation, you guys, with um, a friend of uh, mine uh, who's in the military, and he dropped in to listen to an episode. And, you know, he was like, oh, you know, I enjoyed the content. You know, it was really good. You guys, your sound quality is, you know, awesome. You know, listen, talking about the first time he had heard us when like, I was doing it by myself with a phone <laughs> up until this point where it's like night and day, right? But then he says that, you know, I, I don't exactly agree with all of your content. And uh, I got a little bit hot under the collar. Luckily, Chris has talked me down from the precipice before the show. But I, f- I feel a little bit better, but I was a little bit hot. So for any of our new listeners, I just want to get it across to whoever's listening. This is definitely not a, 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 a show that's very friendly towards statism. I mean, people as an individual, I'll talk to, we, we could talk to anybody. But an idea is statism. I, I just want to read something for uh, any new listeners and any current listeners who may be wondering, you know, why we, we, some, most of us are anarchists. And it goes as follows. Anarchists did not try to carry out genocide against the Armenians in Turkey. They did not deliberately starve millions of Ukrainians. They did not create a system of death camps to kill Jews, gypsies, Slavs, and Europe. They did not firebomb scores of large German and Japanese cities and drop nuclear bombs on two of them. They did not carry out the Great Leap Forward that killed scores of millions of Chinese. They did not attempt to kill everybody with any appreciable education in Cambodia. They did not launch one aggressive war after another. They did not implement trade sanctions that killed perhaps 500,000 Iraqi children. In debates between anarchists and statists, the burden of proof clearly should rest on those who place their trust in the state. Anarchy's mayhem is wholly conjectural. The state's mayhem is undeniably, factually horrendous by Robert Higgs. So please, everybody, consider that when you're being critical of any sect or school of anarchism. Please... It's kind of like the folks who, you know, who are religious. Not that I have a problem with that. But the burden of proof is on you, not on the non-believer. You're the one who has to produce empirical evidence. And that's all I have to say about it. I got it off my chest. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, Chris, please take it away. Thanks, Jay. <clears throat> anyway, so I wanted to talk about a, a, a hot topic uh, that's, uh, that's going on uh, with uh, over, over in Hong Kong, actually. Um, First off, I'd like to express that I have the sincerest of sympathies for those in Hong Kong. Uh, They're going 
do a tough change right now. Yeah. Um, and one for the worse. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to start off with giving just kind of a, just a brief rundown of essentially the past 180 years or so of Hong Kong. Uh, so in 1842, uh, under the Treaty of Nanjing, <clears throat> which ended the First Opium War, actually, uh, the Qing Dynasty had ceded Hong Kong to the British Empire. Um, the British Empire essentially occupied Hong Kong uh, all the way up through uh, the Second World War. Um, and then during the Second World War from 41 to 45, uh, they were actually occupied by the Japanese. Uh, the Japanese captured Hong Kong. Uh, primarily, you know, Hong Kong is a, a, a major trade port. Um, it is a financial capital, um, you know, a trade capital, um, especially, you know, over in China, but not just China, but, but worldwide. Um, lots of people do business internationally through there. Um, so after the World War, um, it was uh, actually taken back under by British rule, uh, Chinese and British uh, troops under a joint operation uh, returned control to uh, to the British after they uh, chased the Japanese out. <clears throat> um, so from there, uh, basically up until 97, uh, it remained under British rule. Uh, and then from, uh, from 97 on, they essentially handed over Hong Kong to back to China. Um, but since from 97 pretty much up until, what, roughly last year, I mean, there's always been, you know, civil unrest. China's, you know, tried to crack down without causing too much of a stir. Um, with, uh, so it's essentially been like Hong Kong's kind of almost had their own set of rules. The citizens of Hong Kong have enjoyed a particular brand of freedom that mainland China just has never had um, under the CCP, uh, especially under uh, Xi Jinping. Uh, now, up until recently, you know, up until about a year ago, uh, you know, the, the, there was rioting over there. You know, people have been trying to keep democracy over in Hong Kong. Uh, not that, not that I think democracy, you know, I, AKA mob rules, the greatest thing in the world. Right. It's yeah. No, I get it far, far better than communism. Uh, you know, I have yes. to seed on that. It, it is, it, it is better than communism. <laughs> Almost anything's better than communism. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so there's been rioting and protesting, uh, you know, the, the police have been cracking down, uh, but this Monday, uh, things took a grim turn for the worst. Um, so essentially, there is a new national, quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes here, but you can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is a new national security law that uh, China has activated in response to Hong Kong. Um, it essentially outlaws global activism, period. Uh, very, very, very draconian security law um, that Beijing is now forcing upon Hong Kong uh, that essentially it makes it illegal for anyone in the world, period, to promote democratic reform for Hong Kong. Shit. So, so according to Beijing, this law applies to every single 
individual in the entire world. Uh, good luck enforcing yeah. you fucking pricks. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where do they get the balls? Good lord. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's pretty ballsy. Um, so, I mean, essentially, China has sought to crush any sort of organized dissent abroad through quiet threats and coercion until now. Um, that, that's essentially been their, their, their modus operandi. But now they have this law that is a direct attack. Uh, and... Like, you can't get much more direct than this. Um, so, <clears throat> Article 38 of this national security law states, uh, this law shall apply to offenses under this law committed against the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region from outside the region by a person who is not a permanent resident of the region. Uh, so, in other words, every provision of this law applies to everyone outside of Hong Kong, including us on this podcast, anybody else. Like, you criticize the CCP on the internet openly, you make a tweet, um, you're in violation of this law, and if you step foot on China, um, they will arrest you. They'll arrest you, and they'll punish you. They'll probably execute you, if we're being honest here, because that's what communists do best, is what, uh, execute people that they don't agree with. What's the name of the article again? What what like What is this law or their citation again? What's it, what's um, it called? Um... It's. I'm. I'm looking. It, it doesn't give me like a specific name of the law. It's just a. It's like China. China's like new national security law. Okay. Um, so I mean that, that's that's all I'm reading here from this. So sorry for. Oh no no that's okay that's all right. Name, but, um. So there's been a uh, several experts in Chinese and international law that have essentially confirmed the interpretation of this law. Um, so they're saying once again, you know, and I reiterate that it literally applies to every single person on the planet. That's, that's the wording of it. That's, that's how it reads. So, um, and this is a direct quote from a, a Chinese American lawyer that's based in New York. His name's Wang Minyao. Uh, so he says in a quote, if I appear at a congressional committee in DC and say something critical, that literally would be a violation of this law. Uh, so that means that anybody advocating oh, democracy gosh. in Hong Kong or criticizing the governments of Hong Kong or Beijing could potentially face consequences if they step foot in Hong Kong or have assets or family members in Hong Kong. So in other words, um, if you're a Chinese national um, in another country, uh, they'll essentially hold your family hostage. They'll punish your family for things that you've said while not in China. Uh, that... the such a far-reaching draconian law that is such a violation of human rights at its core like that is such absolutely absolute bullshit it's the um, north korean style for fuck's sake right 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 well and uh, also it just goes to show you how you know brazen these people have become in china because i mean we have allowed I mean, not we as in, you know, we, but I mean, the rest of the world has sort of allowed China to say and do what they like. Like, especially in the U.S., there was, um, what was it, the celebrities were saying something against China, and then they had to backtrack, and then they weren't allowed to say certain things because China was controlling the speech of people even being slightly critical. don't forget the NBA. Like, the NBA, like, they they had to toe the line. Right, there there right, was a big so, beef about that. So, so, so that's 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 uh, some of my next points, actually. Um, 
Uh, so essentially, I mean, basically, all these American companies have bent the knee because they want the China bucks. I mean, we're talking Disney, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, the NBA, uh, and m- multiple celebrities, including the, the biggest celebrity in the NBA, LeBron James, um, which it's a shame, uh, you know, because he, uh, he finally brought Cleveland a, a championship, and, and I appreciate that, but... Uh, so, he is. I mean, he he he's sucking that Chinese dick, bro. <laughs> like yeah. I I can't put it any other way. Um, no, it's the best way to put it. Unfortunately, right. So, uh, I mean, essentially, so Beijing is exerting their control through financial markets. Um, you know, they've let these companies in, and these companies have become addicted to, uh, you know, this these Chinese bucks. Like I said, especially Hollywood movie studios. Um, you know, Disney edits stuff out. Uh, and and it's I think it's so funny because Disney's like so hypocritical because they're one of these ones that you know in light of the George Floyd uh, incident and all this other stuff going on and you know the, the BLM protest and all that shit uh, you know they're talking about like you know diversity and their commitment to, to diversity but I think it's really really funny uh, that whenever uh, Star Wars Episode Seven The Force Awakens whenever that came out back in 2015. Whenever they released that in China, uh, the American version of the poster had uh, oh, his name escapes me at the moment. Uh, the the black actor that played Finn, I, I should know his name by heart. John Amy Boyega, right? Boy- yeah, 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 John Boyega. Yeah, yeah. So the American version of the poster had John Boyega like front and center, uh, but the Chinese version of it, because the Chinese people. Like, everybody talks about Americans being xenophobic and being racist. The Chinese, maybe not necessarily the Chinese people, so maybe I won't paint them with such a broad stroke, but the CCP, uh, you know, and their everything that has to get approved that comes to them. They are the most racist and xenophobic uh, government force on the entire planet. So they, they essentially edited John Boyega out of the poster because uh, Chinese people don't like black people. <laughs> I mean, that's there's, amazing. There's no other way of putting it. Like I know that probably sounds incredibly blunt, but that, that I mean that's the truth. Chinese people don't like black people. They don't um at all. So like, I, mean, I, like I find it hypocritical, you know, that these companies want to bend the knee so they can get them China bucks. Uh but then uh you know, they they want to spew some other shit over here to try and look good, you yeah. know, for good PR. And it, it's really such horse shit. Um, so uh, once again, so as you were talking about with the NBA, so this is, this is the specific example that got, it was the, uh, the Houston Rockets general manager, uh, Daryl Morey, um, last year. Yeah, he, uh, I remember posted, that. He, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He posted in support of the Hong Kong protest, uh, which got the NBA in a lot of trouble. And which brings me back to LeBron James, who, who went on to said that, uh, that Mr. Morey wasn't educated on the matter, which is <laughs> such a load of horse shit. Yeah, because LeBron like, is, right? Yeah, he's, he's right, fucking educated right. on it. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, absolute garbage. Um, so, uh, you know, basically, like, the point of this law, you know, back, coming back into this law, isn't really necessarily to immediately launch any sort of, like, sweeping global dragnet, but it's rather to, to strike fear of God into all China critics the world over. Um, and that is that is a quote from... Uh, Donald Clark, uh, professor, uh, Chinese law at George Washington University. Um, 
and and it's a uh, like I said the the overreach of this is is ridiculous. So so basically anybody uh, who has criticized China uh, don't ever travel to China. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely uh, you, off the you, list. Yeah, you, you you will probably never make it back home. Um, really. So, is it that bad over there then? Well, I, I I do I do have something. Whenever whenever Chris wants me to bring it up, I've got something about gulags. Have you heard of gulag before? Yeah. Well, I think everybody has. Oh, uh, you'd be surprised. The gulag soup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hot water with pepper and half ration of beets for you. Single ply toilet paper. <laughs> Oh shit! We shouldn't be making fun. We shouldn't be laughing at that shit. Oh, I, I know. I, I mean, it's because they killed so many million people. Oh it, shit! It's, it's true, but I mean, honestly, when you're dealing, with, sometimes humor is the only way our, our minds can yep. kind of gallows deal, humor deal yep. with it. I mean, tragedy, tragedy, horror, and, and humor are very closely related. You know, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, they. Are, it is unfortunate. You know, and th- to follow up with the point that you made about. You know, the Chinese Communist Party being racist, okay? You know, because, yeah, I don't think that the China. I think most people across the board are pretty decent people. Chinese people, white people, black people, and any any shade, any hue. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think everybody is pretty much relaxed and groovy, especially on an individual basis. But the CCP being a racist organization, which clearly it is, clearly, I mean, it's demonstrable. Uh, doesn't that run counter to communist principles of uh, egalitarianism because everybody's supposed to, it's all workers being equal well i mean is uh, john boyega not you know part of uh, the maybe he's not working class black maybe they should have hired a, a working class black fella like i don't understand how you could be a communist party and be race like how is that that is counter to pretty much anything that communism stands for because it's about unity of the working class right right but I, but i mean that just goes to show you where communism takes you so this is a good point i mean it doesn't matter what it says on paper and what their goals are the problem is is once you have that that authority that central planning uh you know absolute power corrupts absolutely so i, I mean that goes with any state it doesn't just have to be communism. I mean, it's it's you know in America too. Uh, I mean, we have a number of draconian laws. Uh, you know, the fucking the Patriot Act and and shit like that. Uh, the United States government is just really good at using the media, i.e., their propaganda machine, to trick the sheep. So yep, well put. Well put. Uh, and I'd imagine China's pretty good at it too. They're just a little more outwardly authoritarian, you know. Whereas uh, the American government is like, no, no, we are your friend, right? Yeah, uh, y- yeah, you it's know, true. We are, we are your friend. We are doing this for your own good, comrade. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't we even do this for make good in your life. <laughs> it's for your benefits. <laughs> yeah, for your benefit. I fucking hate so, that phrase. Um, Oh. oh, I know. So, so, so some of the other problems here, and this is coming from a, another another one of the articles. So, so the worst, the the, the other bad aspect of this is, uh, I had mentioned earlier that uh, people in Hong Kong had enjoyed a a particular brand of freedom that mainland China didn't have, and that was pretty much uh, a free and open internet um, that citizens of Hong Kong got to enjoy. You know, sans censorship from the uh, the, the Great Chinese Firewall. Um, that is no longer the case. Um, so tragedy. we had citizens of Hong Kong. Uh, so the biggest thing about this is they pretty much enacted this law. Um, it went into effect on Monday, and they did not announce to Hong Kong citizens what was going to happen. 
they did not outline anything. It was just like we wrote this law behind closed doors. Boom, it's active. If you're in violation of this, you are fucked. <laughs> you know what's uh, interesting? Maybe we could see an international incident perhaps take place because part of those negotiations to after the 99-year lease that the British Empire had on that particular piece of Chinese soil was that Hong Kong would maintain its economic and uh, you know governance essentially for yeah. 50 years. So how does this? Work? I mean, this is clearly a violation of that agreement. Now, is the Brit are the British in a position to do anything about it? I mean, they do have a nuclear navy. They're not, they're not pushovers. I wouldn't equate them to uh, the United States or maybe even Russia. But I don't think that you could. I don't think they'd be an easy takedown. But at the same time, in what position are they to do anything about? that not honoring a treaty. I mean, if we're talking about international relations, I'm sure that the British economy, uh, while they rely on EU trade, even though they got a divorce from the EU, I'm sure that they still have China, you know, deals with China. So communist China, not so much Taiwan. So I, I don't know if they're in a position to do anything about it. And it's, yeah, it is a tragedy because that was, you know what broke my heart, man? Like, I'm sure you saw the same pictures. Like, here in the, the United States, before the great boating accidents of 2020 and 2019, we were a heavily armed group of people. So okay. we could actually fight back if it ever came down to people storming you know, your house and trying to hurt you. But over there, I, we watched images of, of, of kids, college kids. Like I, I got really emotional about it, I'm not going to lie, with bows and arrows fighting the Chinese communist stormtroopers in the streets, like throwing Molotov cocktails at them, set, like, and coordinating these roadblocks, and literally using anything they could possibly get their hands on to try to fight this tyranny off. And I just wish it would be a better example for some of the anti-gun idiots that occupy this particular piece of soil to take heart. Like, it could be you. That could be you standing right. behind the barricade when next. I, and, I mean, it, it kind of harkens back to that famous photo from Tiananmen Square, too. Oh, yeah. That single individual standing in front of a fucking tank. You know, like you said, that that could very well be you. Um, and, and if it is you, are you going to have the balls to stand up to a fucking tank? <laughs> We'd all like to think that we would. Who knows what right. happens when the time comes. I mean... Some of us are ready to die on several hills, one of them, of course, being against authoritarianism and, you know, a complete tyrannical. I mean, we kind of live in a soft authoritarianism right now, especially with the virus nonsense and the lockdowns and the unconstitutional uh, ruling from, uh, you know, the, the using the pen at your desk to just say, hey, I'm going to shut down economies and stuff like that. But they're not they, the cops are beating down doors, but not in the style that the Chinese Communist uh, uh, People's Liberation Army are doing right now. But at the same time, it should have been a fine lesson. I know a lot of people were joking about how we could run guns to, to Hong Kong to help them. I, maybe 3D printers would be the smarter thing to send over there, have them yeah, print them absolutely. off, you know what I mean? So uh, it's, I mean, it, it's a tragedy. They, yeah, they would just have to make sure that they're uh, behind a... Oh, what up? I'm drawing a blank here. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I wanted I, I wanted to say firewall, but not a fucking firewall. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. <laughs> but but anyways, uh, so so I mean, like another an, another part of this is like so like the citizens of Hong Kong have essentially been shaking in their boots, and they've been frantically trying to erase any sort of uh, internet history that they've had um, so they can't get condemned for for things that they've said because, I mean, it's been, 
you know, like I said, over the past year with all the Hong Kong protests, it's been pretty prevalent. Um, and part of organizing those protests was being able to to use things like Twitter uh, to use things to communicate. Sure. And, uh, you know, behind the the Great Chinese Firewall, they're uh, they're no longer going to be able to to use that VPN. That's why didn't I? That's what I'm thinking of a VPN. Oh, right on. So, okay, so, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Chinese people, Chinese people need to get VPNs, um, and, and and they can do that. They can they can they can you know any sort of digital firewall. There is always a way to circumvent. There's there's always a way. Any any sort of software security, there's flaws that can be exploited anywhere. Uh, there is no such thing as, as perfect digital security. Uh, at least sure. not until we get into the realm of quantum computing, and then it becomes drastically more difficult, um, which we're not there yet, thankfully. Um, which is a shame because the idea of quantum computing could uh, could do leaps and bounds for mankind, but unfortunately, I think things like that are going to be used to enforce draconian measures and to yep. crack down on uh, you know freedom and liberty throughout the globe, uh, and, and it's going to be far more easier for for the elite for those in power to be able to do such things um so that's kind of like you know like i've always been in one of those individuals like i love technology i think technology can do amazing things but unfortunately in the wrong hands it can do dangerous things uh in the wrong hands it can you know it can suppress it can oppress um and it's very i mean i know everybody makes references to but it's very orwellian uh Oh yeah, I mean, it, you know, very, very, very 1984, man. Uh, I, I mean, it, it and it's scary, very scary. There's a lot of things they can do. Uh, they can, you know, you they can use your own words against you. Anything that you put online, they can they can look up, they can find. You know, there's a there's a digital trail for everything. Um, so get a VPN. <laughs> Anytime you're doing anything, get a VPN. If you're gonna set sail on the high seas, <clears throat> pirating. Um, get a VPN. You know, I, I can't stress that enough. Uh, hide your traffic because if you don't have a VPN, uh, even here in America, if you do not have a VPN, um, your internet service provider can literally see every fucking thing you do online, anything you do, any piece of fucking weird porn that you've watched. Like if you're into, <laughs> midget, if you're into fucking midget clown porn, <laughs> if you are into midget clown porn. Your internet service provider knows that. That you watch midget clown porn, so like you're like he's jerking off while you're jerking off, and it's just like this weird situation. Like, oh, you like midget clown porn too? Hmm, How interesting! I thought I was the only one. No, there's millions of them. Right, it's rule thirty-four of the internet, man. There's a porn for everything. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. This is true. Uh, I, you know, I think I think that's sound advice, and it's advice I should take. Personally, I think that's definitely right. something that uh, yeah that people should invest in is their own. Yeah. I mean, as much security as possible, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like like I started off with saying, like my, my sympathies definitely go out to the people in Hong Kong uh, and in China. Period, man. Like their government, as much as I hate our government, man, their government's worse. I mean, it's yeah. I don't think it's our, even our, close. No, it's it's not even close. Um, and I mean, like, says so like, like some scary parallels, especially like with with the COVID lockdowns. Uh, you know, I mean, I've heard so many people like kept talking about, ooh, the China model, the China model works yes. so well, and it's like, like the fucking, I'm telling you, that's the kind of shit that scares me, man. 
because the elite, the people who are really in charge, the deep state, uh, those motherfuckers are salivating to be able to do the kind of shit that China does. They, I mean, don't think for a split second that those who are in power would not love would not love to enforce the laws and have the kind of power that fucking Xi Jinping has. I agree. Uh, don't don't think for a split second that just because we're Americans that that we're safe and that our government would never do that. Our government is not benevolent, uh, given we're not there yet. Um, but you know the red flags are up. Uh, you know, and I mean, really, ultimately, I mean, that's the purpose of us doing this podcast. I mean, we're 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 a, among a group of people who are ringing the alarm, um, and I I think that's probably one of the most important things anyone can do right now. I mean. You know, I mean, it, it's it's the best thing that we can do to kind of peacefully disseminate information and to kind of educate people on stuff like this. And I mean, this is this is why we're anarchists because the state is the greatest enemy of the people, uh, and, and that's any state in, in the entire world. I don't care whose government you are, and I don't care if you think your government's not so bad. I mean, you heard about the shit that's going on in Australia right now, haven't you? Yeah, they locked down an entire building yeah. and won't let people they, out. They locked, yeah, they locked down entire fucking apartment buildings, and they have armed fucking police. And we're talking, this is Australia, where they fucking gave up their rights for guns, and they were so fucking happy to do so. Well, guess what? Now you're all being fucking forced under the point of a fucking gun Which to stay is in so your goddamn apartment to me while they that, distribute rations. Yep. Yeah, it's so crazy to me that you know the people of Australia would give up their rights to have firearms because Australia originally was a place where all the criminals went. Right. It was a prison colony. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I just find it amazing that they're just willing to just give up their, right. you know, right. You know, don't, don't worry, mate. I'll give up my guns as long as you give me some Vegemite and toast. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even eaten that shit. I don't want, I don't want to touch oh, it. Like no offense dude, to anybody that, in Australia, but like I know Australian people love that shit, but man, that stuff tastes like fucking hot butthole. <laughs> 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 like, like, like not just any, like when I say hot butthole, I mean literally oh. like sweaty, hot butthole. Oh, like it's just got done sweaty. mowing the lawn, asshole. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> oh. right, right. Like just like me, man, like just got done mowing the lawn, got some fucking swamp. Ass going on. <laughs> Fucking tongue, tongue punch that fart box, buddy. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm gonna call you out, Jay. You chortled. Buddy. I did. I did. I can't help it. He got me before the show, and he got me again. I get never. It, right? that's... I mean, that's if there's one thing I'm good at, it's making you chortle. <laughs> it's man. I, it's I'm, quality. I'm, Tip top. I'm, I'm good at that, bro. <laughs> yes, you are. You are. And especially you know, the, the fact that you used swamp ass to get me there, man. That shows that you've got some serious talent on the other end here, man. I right, uh, right. I think I, I commend like, you. I like to paint very vivid mental pictures. Uh, job even if well they are done. truly disgusting and, and horrendous. <laughs> it, it's, what I, it's a gift of mine. No, job well done. 100%. <laughs> um, before we uh, carry on, I wanted to follow up with what Chris was talking about for our listeners and for us, you know, to stay educated on this topic. Uh, you know, I'm going to plug a book once again. Here, here we go. You're, you're, you're diving into Jay's library right now. The Gulag right, Archipelago. The Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Shultzenitsyn is a must-read for anybody who is concerned about an authoritarian police state. And it's about that man's experience through the Soviet gulag system. Uh, there's been plenty of times where I read that that I had a hard time digesting what I was reading. It's uh, it's soul crushing. Is this a book that you have like a, a physical like hard copy? I of do. Or? I do. 
Yeah. I do. I, I can give uh, it to you. I'm gonna have to like honestly, like I might have to like come up and visit you and and borrow a couple books if you don't mind. I don't mind at all. I don't mind at all. Uh, but this article will be up in the show notes. Uh, it's uh, t- it's you know it's a titled uh, piece that says what uh, a million people are jailed at China's gulags. I managed to escape. Here's what really goes on inside. It says 20 prisoners live in one small room. They are handcuffed, their heads shaved. Every move is monitored by ceiling cameras. A bucket in the corner of the room is their toilet. The daily routine begins at 6 a.m. They are learning Chinese, memorizing propaganda songs, and confessing to invented sins. They range in age from teenagers to the elderly. Their meals are meager, cloudy soup and a slice of bread. Torture, metal nails, fingernails pulled out, electric shocks take place in the, quote, black room. Punishment is constant. The prisoners are forced to take pills and get injections. It's for disease prevention, the staff tell them. But in reality, they are human subjects of medical experiments. Many of the inmates suffer from cognitive decline. Some of the men become sterile. Women are routinely raped. I'm not going to go any further. Because I, if I read more of this, I, it's, it's really tough. It's going to be in the show notes. I encourage everybody to read it. But the fact that it's 2020... And in the world, there are still gulags is beyond my ability to understand what like we went to like they, they, the, the U.S. government went to Iraq for far, far, far less. These are literally a million people being held as slave laborers and people and subjects of medical experimentation. And we do nothing. They do it in North Korea. and We do nothing. You know what I mean? So if you're gonna, if you want to have a crusade, why can't it be to liberate people from this kind of bondage? Like it really, I don't understand why this isn't taught. And once again, like Chris pointed out, this propaganda machine now is worldwide, where this kind of information is not as easy to come by, and it's not, it's, it's not readily available. It's not in our, in the, the, the corporate press certainly isn't going to be talking about this at all. I don't understand why. This is literally, a, th- this is a repeat of what went on in the Soviet Union that killed, what, conservatively 20 million human beings? Right. How is this continuing it, to happen? And it's so easy for them to censor any sort of information uh, when the government controls the fucking internet, so. Yeah, agreed, and uh, it's a tragedy, but I just, that'll be in the show notes. Please take a look at it, share it. Educate people because a lot of folks don't understand what's going on out there in the world. And when people like Chris or Angel or myself or Randy or whoever, even our our friend, friend of the show, friend of the hosts here, Sal Mayweather, posts shit about how bad communism is. It's not. Yeah, it's the the memes are funny. The jokes are funny. But this is a very real thing. But didn't your parents. So like when I said it's really that bad over there when when Chris had mentioned, you know, don't go in and travel, you know, to China because like you won't come back. And you're like, you know, people go to gulags. Didn't your parents go to China? Like, uh, how many years ago? Uh, was that? 2007, they went over there with my older half sister. They flew into Beijing, and they went to the Great Wall. And um, they, uh, my my mother, bought into the propaganda because they just wanted to go to the country. They wanted to see the Great Wall, which wasn't built by communists, by the way. So. You know, whatever. Uh, that's great. I, I understand that the, the Chinese people have a rich history apart from communism. I mean, it's only been there since 1949. So there's a very rich, deep history there. That's a shame that it's, you know, 
under the blanket of the Chinese Communist Party that in order to access that sort of history to get hands-on. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like going to Iran, right? They're run by religious fanatics, but the Iranian people are, never, are good people, and there's a huge, rich history of Persian culture there, right? It's entirely separate from the assholes who run it. Same thing in China. And they went there, but my mom kind of brought bought into the propaganda because she was like, you know, I don't know what you're talking about over there. There's a there's a church, there's a Catholic church, and people are allowed to go in there. I'm like, you know something, mom? I said, you of all people should know better. I said that's a state-run church. It's literally run by the government, and they select whatever person is, you know, the preaching or the priest or you know whatever the cleric is. You know, they are handpicked and they're given a set like they're not allowed to operate independently it's not like you know the baptist church down the street from here that or the ones that handle snakes they could do whatever they want right they do whatever they want here it's not like that over there but there's show pieces there to show you how nice everything is right and there were they went to open markets and stuff but those were all for tourists they weren't they were they were for show it's kind of like when people it's I, i wouldn't say it's on the same level but I'm willing to bet that it's kind of similar to when you go to North Korea and they put you in that hotel on that island in the middle of a river. So you get to see plates full of food. You get you, There's plenty of stuff to eat and go around and drink and have fun. But if you were to venture outside that hotel and go several neighborhoods over or go outside the city, you're going to see abject poverty. You're going to see people starving to death. So it's all for show. It's to show you how well the state is taking care of things. When in reality, just outside of that, the dog and pony show, the reality is that people are suffering. So, but yeah, they, but I also, the professor that's the head of our master's program, his wife is from Hong Kong and her family's from mainland China. And he went over to Beijing last year and he said the difference between last year and 10 years prior is night and day. He said it is a totalitarian state, surveillance on every single corner. So this is just tying into what Chris brought up. With they're, they're just exporting this crap to, to Hong Kong. They're like, come on in. Like, no, 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 you're not going to be allowed to live differently than the rest of us. We're going to monitor everything that you do. And if you just listen to the article that I read off, I mean, they even do it to prisoners in the gulag. They have a camera in the middle of the room. They watch you go to the toilet. I mean, this is, this is what you're dealing with here, you know. It's a shame. So I hope that answers your question. Well, it does, but, I mean, I just – I didn't re- – like – I know that there those things exist, but I didn't realize that like for a, t- a tourist to go there, you know that they're gonna put you in the gulag too. Like I didn't realize that it was that terrible. I guess it's that bad uh, now, isn't it, Chris? That, yeah, it's that bad now. Um, you know, you you have any sort of history of speaking out against the CCP? You've said any, excuse me. You said anything bad about Beijing, about Xi Jinping? Uh, you know, or you promoted democracy in Hong Kong? Uh, you step foot. In Hong Kong or China, and uh, they will, they will arrest you, um, and they will torture you, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it, it's that bad now. They'll, they'll they'll enforce that law. So if you've if you've ever been outspoken about China, uh, you know, especially now, d- don't fucking go to China. Don't go. <laughs> right. Like for real. Like I, I I can't stress that enough. Don't fucking go to china uh <laughs> I, I i can't recommend it um there's actually a actually a specific uh where was that article so I, i'm just gonna go off the top of my head here um but there was a uh, a chinese student who uh was in where was it 
Hold up, I'll find it here. My apologies. Uh, what article was that? Was it this one? But anyway, so there was a Chinese student that was going to college over here in America, and uh, he uh, spoke out against the CCP. And uh, whenever he went back home to China, they uh, they arrested him. They arrested him and uh, they tortured him until he, uh, you know, essentially renounced uh, any sort of a citizenship elsewhere so that they could uh, imprison him and uh, punish him uh, without any sort of, uh, you know, causing a, an international hullabaloo. Because what they'll say is, oh, well, he, you know, he renounced his, uh, you know, citizenship from abroad uh, and became a Chinese national. Um, so now we can prosecute him and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and they, they, I mean, we're talking, this is a fucking college kid who just said some shit on the internet and they fucking locked him up for it. Like they locked him up in prison, probably a Chinese gulag and probably tormented him. Wow. Um, I mean, it doesn't say that they killed him. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure he eventually got released. I think it said that they, uh, put him in prison for like six months, which, uh, I mean, I, I, if I'm being honest, I, I don't, I would never want to find out what a fucking Chinese prison's like. No. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I have, uh, I have no, <laughs> I have no curiosity when it comes to that, man, whatsoever. No, not um, at all. I, I can only imagine. And I mean, that's that's just an example of, of what this what this law does. I mean, you know, they they got these people that are, you know, traveling abroad, and uh, you know, like you know, we've seen a lot of Chinese nationals come over here and go to our colleges over here. Um, and then when they go back home, they they see. You know, they get punishment for something that they said when they weren't even on, you know, Chinese soil. Um, so that just kind of goes to show you that the lengths that the CCP is willing to go to. Yep. Uh, to, to enforce these laws. And now they're, like I said, like before, it was essentially like, you know, coercion. And they've used their influence in, in financial markets and all that stuff to kind of seed their influence worldwide. I, I've heard some people say this, too, because, you know, obviously people like you know, fear China is like a superpower. Um, in all honesty, uh, I mean, China has no real interest in having a worldwide empire, um, but they have uh, asserted their control by financial means. Uh, you know, so they might not necessarily, you know, rule us, you know, de facto, but uh, their influence is definitely felt. Uh, and, you know, we mentioned that, you know, Chinese are xenophobic, racist, so... You know, they have no, they're, they're, it's not like, uh, you know, American or British colonialism, uh, you know, where we go out and, you know, fucking bomb brown people and say, hey, you know, we're going to take these poppy fields. Right. Uh, but but they'll definitely assert their dominance through financial markets. I mean, you know, when you go to the store, everything's fucking made in China. I mean, they've spent the last, what, four or five decades essentially slowly migrating every single industrial job out of this country um, and over into China. So, you know, everything, everything's manufactured over there. The entire world has, has ties to China, and, and they know that, and they, they use that to assert their dominance. They use that to assert a means of control. And we've already seen, you know, Hollywood and, and the NBA bend a knee to it. So, yep. I mean, that, that just goes to show you how dangerous that is. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I just, uh, it, it, again, in 2020, the fact that this is still happening... With people not being able, I mean, even 
even a liberal, lowercase l or uppercase l, should still appreciate being able to say whatever you want, no matter how inflammatory it is. And yet it's the radicals like ourselves who are, you know, once again, like Chris said, ringing the alarm bell, like this is a serious problem, you know, and what I, what makes me nervous too is I really feel that this could be an example that every other government could say, like, oh, wow, look how effective this model is, the Chinese model, like you said, right, when it came to fighting the virus. Right, right. that's what I'm saying, when they yeah. use that wording, man, like, the, that's got some dangerous fucking implications, man, like, I agree. the China model, the Chinese model, you know, fuck you. Yes. That, that's all I have to say. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. It doesn't get, I, I have no eloquent way of putting that, man. There's there's no way of being eloquent. Fuck you. Agreed. So that, that, that's the only response I have to that. China model, fuck you. Fuck you. I, I That explains it. Do you think that eventually these corporations will move away from having things made in China, manufactured there, and, you know, shipped over? Like, I'm, or do you think, no. you know, it's going to be that way? Slave labor is no. cheap, man. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, I say, they'll, 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 they, they make the money moves, man, wherever, wherever they're, uh, you know, wherever the fortunes lie is, is where their loyalties are. So, um, and they've proven time and time again that it's definitely not to the American people. Um, so, I mean, yeah, all the more reason to be an anarchist. Um, Agreed. You know, fuck the government. They've spent. Yes, sir. <laughs> they, they've spent decades in the modern world fucking us. So. Yes, they have. Yes, um, they have. You know, so anybody that shows any sort of support for. For the that's why like I just I don't I don't I don't get like I mean I do get it okay so I I guess I do get the status mentality because we've all spent what fifteen thousand hours going to you know state controlled education yes uh, we've all been brainwashed um, you know we've all been forced to say the pledge of allegiance you know hold our hands over our hearts we've all been forced to worship the flag we've all been forced to uh, you know, into warrior worship, into, uh, you know, into uh, loving, our, loving our oppressors. It's a fucking Stockholm syndrome. Yep. <laughs> I mean, at, 100%. At, at, that's a, yeah, it's a prime example of what fucking Stockholm syndrome is. You know, we love our oppressors, which is our police, um, who've increasingly become militarized, who are very blatantly and obviously racist. But, but don't think that because you're white that you're safe. No, um, certainly not. Yeah, uh, there's numerous examples you know if that fucking trigger happy cop wants to fucking shoot you they're going to shoot you um i mean we got Dun duncan lemp as an example we've got daniel shaver as an example yes we do um so not only not only are they racist but don't like i said don't don't think because you're white that you're safe man that's that's what i don't get some of these bootlicking conservatives man that 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 fucking you know they like especially like whenever the covid lockdowns they're like oh my rights my rights but then like you know, when it comes to the police, they're like, oh, well, I support the thin blue line. Like, what in the fuck, dude? Like, where do you get off? Where do you get off with this shit? Like, it's like you do a complete 180 when it comes to the police. And I don't I don't understand that. I don't understand the modern neocon fucking mindset. That's one thing that I can't understand. I Neither mean, can I. The whole the whole basis of, of being an, an, an actual conservative is supposed to be small government. Um militarizing the police and supporting them 100%, that's not small government. Uh, no, not at know, all. I mean, you, not not in the slightest. So I don't get where, on one hand, they can be 
you know, saying, oh, you know, you're trampling on my rights with these lockdowns, which I, I support that idea, you know, especially considering the fact that we've seen that this, you know, COVID hasn't been nearly as deadly as what it has. And those who are in charge have continually moved the fucking goalpost. I mean, you know, when all this shit started, it was, you know, oh, you know, we got to flatten the curve, which I still think nobody understands what the fuck that means. I think so many people think flatten the curve means, that, oh, we're going to stop the virus and no one's going to get sick. No, right. you know, the, the, the curve is just like the same amount of people like we're always going to get infected. Like this was always going to be an infectious virus. The, the, the whole point was spreading it out over time so that we didn't overwhelm the hospitals that we didn't, you know, overwhelm our medical system, which we didn't. We avoided that, but now they've moved the goalpost. <laughs> yeah, you know but, exactly. But, but I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting off on a rant here. I'm trailing off. But like I said, like I just don't get that that modern neocon mindset where, you know, like I said, they want to talk about our rights, and you know, then, then you hear them talking about tyranny, and as an anarchist, you're like, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about yeah, yeah. Fuck that tyranny, and then. And then they turn around and they're like, "Oh, well, I support the police." What the fuck is wrong with you, dude? <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. Like, do you not see the fucking flaw in your logic here? Like, you're talking about tyranny, but then you're talking about the the the, the fucking the military, the, you know, the the occupying force that, that that's the major force of oppression, you know. And, and like I said, a lot of people think that you know because you're white that you're safe, and you're you're not. No, um, you're not. You're 100 I mean, so percent right. If, if yeah, if we break it down statistically, you know, because you got to think like you know, white Americans were still what 80 plus percent of the population. You know, African Americans are what roughly 13 to 14 percent of the population, somewhere around there, with you know various other nationalities filling in the rest of those gaps. So I mean, it disproportionately affects you know minorities, black people in particular. Yep. But but when we go by sheer numbers, if you take away the percentages and you're just talking about numbers, the, the cops murder more white people. Um, and, and like I said, that's not to say that it doesn't disproportionately affect African-Americans because it absolutely does. And statistically it does. But when we're talking about raw numbers here, you know, because we're so 80 percent of the population, they still murder white people. You know, like I said, I'll go go right on back to it. You know, Daniel Shaver and Duncan Lemp, those are prime fucking examples. Duncan Lemp, they did the exact same fucking thing to him that they did to Breonna Taylor. Yep, exactly. You know, yeah, no that's knock right. raid, middle of the fucking night, and they murder these people in their fucking sleep. And both cases are a tragedy. Yeah. Agreed. Both of them are unwarranted. Both of them are a violation of not just our constitutional rights, but human rights. Like who the fuck do you think you are to pound in my door at fucking one o'clock in the morning and murder somebody in their fucking sleep and then probably turn around and fucking murder whatever dog they had too, you fucking pricks. Yeah, of course. Well, these are the same people though, too, that like support. So I will watch crime related YouTube videos or, and you know, somebody commits a crime and, and, you know, they're found guilty or they're not found guilty and they're suspected of the crime. And I will read the comment section and these people will say, oh, that person is so guilty because did you hear the way they laughed? Did you see the way that they they reacted? That's not how you would react if your child went missing or if your wife was, you know, found dead. And he's totally guilty. And it's like, well, hold on a second. Just because somebody doesn't react the same way that you would react to something doesn't automatically make them guilty. And they they want to, you know, put them in jail 
and say that they're oh, yeah. guilty and there, there's no there's absolutely no evidence against this person they but they just didn't seem right they didn't act the way i wanted them to act so therefore they're guilty it's the same people yeah and they they're all on juries and they all vote so just keep that in mind <laughs> yeah right mob rule yeah yeah democracy is such a wonderful thing uh you know, one percent said so. So yeah. the other forty nine percent can suck a dick. That's right. Just get in the box car. Everything will be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I fucking hate that shit, man. I hate See, it. I'm laughing. Lock me up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um. Geez. Guilty as charged. Guilty Chris. as charged. Right. Guilty I uh. Charged. Yeah. I, w- I mean, like that. That's. I mean, that's like. I mean, that just goes to show you, like, I mean, like, human psychology is such a complicated thing. Like you said, like different people react differently to situations. Like some people. Some people laugh hysterically. Some people cry. Some people shit their pants. You know, so you, you can't gauge someone's initial reaction to something and then just be like you're guilty. You know, you you did this. Like your your eye twitched and you pinched and rolled your nutsack. You're guilty. Yeah. <laughs> like no, like I got a twitch in my eye and my balls itched. Man, it doesn't mean I'm fucking guilty. Right. Right. Or if you don't talk, remember that. Well, if mm-hmm. you got nothing to hide, well, bitch, why do you have a lock on your door? Like, what are we I, talking I, about I, here? I fucking hate that when people use that argument. Well, if you got nothing to hide, you got nothing to worry about. Fuck you. And I always look at them and say... That's my non-eloquent response to that. Fuck you. Yeah, I always look at them and say, like, yeah, I don't have anything to hide. That doesn't mean I want you to go through and touch my shit. Like, it doesn't give you the right to touch my stuff because you think that I might have something to hide. Go fuck yourself. You should still be afforded a reasonable amount of, of privacy. Right. I mean, like, I don't even I I wouldn't go into somebody else's bag or, you know, their car. Like the other day, my coworker was like, hey, could you go out to the car and underneath my seat? Just, uh, you know, grab ten dollars out of my wallet, you know, because I was going to do a coffee run. And she was like, just keep the and I'm like, are you sure you want me to open your wallet? Like, you know, she's like, I don't have anything in there. And I'm like, I'm just asking. I'm going to feel comfortable doing that. Like I would go and grab somebody's, you know, purse or wallet, but I wouldn't go into it. Dude, I won't even go through my wife's purse. Like, I'm I'm sorry. That's just like it's not not even when I'm asked. I'm like, like, "Eh," you know, this is kind of your personal territory. Like, that's really you know, nobody goes through my wallet. Yeah. You know what I'm no, saying? I'm like, I'm like the same way. Like, if you go over to like somebody's house and they're like, "Oh, hey, you want something to drink?" Well, go ahead and help yourself. Like, I won't even get into somebody else's fucking fridge. You know, I mean, like it's a different story. Like, if I go over to my mom's house, like I'll get in my mom's fridge. But, but like you go to like a, like a friend's house and they're like, "Oh, help yourself." Like, I feel weird about going through someone's fucking oh, I get refrigerator. It. Yeah, I let get alone it. somebody's personal effects. You know, yeah. personal effects, personal information. I mean. It's yeah, that's it's very unsettling in the fact that you know there's so many people, you know, are willingly giving up. Well, you've got nothing to hide, and it's like first of all, I I may have something to hide, that's for sure. And if we're gonna play the Constitution game, I think that's why that amendment was written is to protect fucking assholes like me. You're goddamn right. right. Yeah, I do have something goddamn to hide. Goddamn right, I got something to hide. I like to fucking jack off the clown midget porn. <laughs> 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 Aha! <laughs> Callback. Oh, that was beautiful. Well done. Well played. Um, I do. I do have something I want to talk about. I, we got like it's not a coming clean moment, but it's like, I got to talk about this. So, um, we're very critical of left left wing ideology and lefties in general, whether there are anarchist brothers who like to shit all over everything is Chris's meme he sent me 
literally laughing out loud. It's <laughs> if if you want to get onto uh, any of our Twitter pages, it's there and it's very funny. Um, but we we do go after the left a little bit too much here, and maybe if within re- you know it's reasonable. But I wanted to bring I never you know how we talk about how lefties are not big gun enthusiasts. Let's say. They don't. They're not big fans of guns. They think that the state should have the monopoly on violence against individuals, and the monopoly on creating security. Well, this apparently, uh, for the, this is officially me saying correction. Correction. This is not true. There is an organization, and I would like to get in touch with the individual that runs it because I think this would be an interesting conversation. It's called the Socialist Rifle Association, the SRA. The Socialist Rifle Association is an American socialist firearm organization that is dedicated to, quote, providing working class people the information they need to be effectively armed for self and community defense, end quote. The group advocates for Second Amendment gun rights. The Socialist Rifle Association was originally created as a Facebook page in 2013 as something of a joke. As time went on, supporters decided to make it a reality and incorporate it as a limited liability company in New Mexico. On October the 10th of 2018, the Socialist Rifle Association, Inc. was founded in Kansas under the 501c4 tax code provision. On the 16th of October 2018, a merger agreement was agreed between two extant SRA nonprofits. Membership. Membership, there's about 3,000 uh, members that identify as LGBT, LGBTQ+, and 8% are transgender. The SRA has 52 local chapters operating in 33 states. The organization is headed by the Central Committee of the SRA, which consists of seven members that are elected democratically by all members. The current membership altogether is around 7,000. Uh, the, ide- the ideology, excuse me, of the SRA is described of the goal as being uh, organi- uh, the goal of the organization, excuse me, as to quote provide an alternative to the mainstream toxic right wing and non-inclusive gun culture that has dominated the firearms community for decades. We seek to provide a safe, inclusive, and left-leaning platform for talking about gun rights and self-defense, free from racist and reactionary prejudices, while providing a platform to the working class to obtain the skills necessary for all aspects of community defense. The group describes itself as working-class, progressive, anarchist, socialist, communist, eco-warrior, animal liberator, anti-fascist, anti-racist, anti-capitalist, POC, LGBTQ+. Plus, uh, points of unity, membership of the SRA is predicated on the acceptance of particular points of unity. We are working class and poor people dedicated to educating our class in the safe use of firearms to personal and community uh, self-defense as well as uh, recreation and, subst- and substance hunt- hunting. Excuse me. We're a multi-tenancy association of social democrats, communists, and anarchists united by class for our class. We respect one another's political stances and differences, especially when we disagree. We're dedicated to the liberation and freedom of all people and therefore oppose all forms of oppression and exploitation. We are party to our local communities, and as such, we volunteer in various ways to further the connections between leftist political radicals and unorganized communities in which we live. We help feed, house, and protect other working class and marginalized folks. We stand against the disarmament of the working class. We are dedicated to arming the working class, both physically and mentally. Uh, a lot to digest there. Not, I mean, there's some things that I'm not a huge fan of, but, you know, Marxism being one of them. 
but not a lot of bad things here. I see a lot of mutual aid along with being a gun right, an advocate for gun rights. I'm not sure. I guess these are the ANCOMs that we were talking about that are, I guess, the anarchists that they're referring to. None that I know of. Uh, I'm sure none that you know of also. But this is not necessarily a bad thing, do you think? No, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, obviously, um, you know, being gun rights advocate, advocates, I mean, gun gun ownership and advocacy, education and training are... I mean that's that's a mainstay, especially for us anarchists. I mean that's 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 the common grounds that we can kind of all, even if we disagree with somebody, the rest of somebody's ide- ideology. That's kind of a common grounds where we can kind of all, kind of get together and get behind. That's a great point. Uh, but I mean I'm I'm absolutely with you that uh, you know, Marxism can suck a dick. I'm sorry, I don't <laughs> put it as eloquently as you do, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm rude, I'm crass, I'm, I'm brash. So That's okay. That's alright. That's uh, acceptable. I, I do apologize for that. But, but I mean, like I said, it, there, there's, I mean, that's, that's the common grounds and that's, that's our, you know, that's our in with certain people. Um, and that's where you can kind of like start discussions and that's where you can kind of lead into and, and start talking about other things, you know, and, and that's you know, like to to me, that's a great thing. Even if you disagree with uh, with somebody else's ideology, if you can at least come to terms on something, that gives us a common ground to where we can kind of, you know, have that commonality, get together, talk. Like I said, it gives us a a talking point, a common ground where we can agree on something. And and I mean, that's that's the kind of start. Like you know, like we need to get away from that breakdown of communication. And and obviously. You know, there's going to be times when you're just going to have to seed on that and just be like, hey, we're going to have to agree to disagree when it comes to certain viewpoints. Um, and I mean, that's the great thing about the idea of decentralization, about the idea of, of anarchy, about the abolishment of the state is you do whatever the fuck you want to do. You go over there on that hill. You do what you want. Live and let live. I'm going to be over here on this hill and I'm going to be doing something totally different. And as long as you guys abide by the non-aggression principle you know, we can all get along. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, like I said, it, it's a good thing, uh, especially when they're talking about, you know, gun rights, gun ownership, gun advocacy. I mean, that's, that's a big thing that we can all get behind. Um, I mean, that's how you defend your freedom at the end of the day. You know, when, when the shit hits the fan, that, that's how you're going to defend yourself. Um, so that's definitely a good thing. But like you said, the Marxism and, you know, s- socialism is the gateway drug to communism. So true. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, that, yeah, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I, you know, I think that it's. I, I'm going to come out and say I think it's great to take quote marginalized individuals, well, you know, working poor folks, poor folks, you know, people that are LGBTQ plus, transgender people, whoever. I, I don't. If you can introduce them to gun culture, I think that it's a wonderful thing. I. I right. I and think that, that's th- one of those things like everybody – sorry to interrupt. No, it's you, okay. But, Go ahead. I mean that's one of those things like everybody – I mean that's the narrative that the mainstream, you know, is that people that own guns – like anytime you see a, a white dude with a gun, it's like, oh, you know, they're white supremacists. Like, fuck you, man. Like we're probably in all honesty – I mean obviously there's – there uh, to say that there aren't racist people with guns would be naive. But for the most part, like the gun culture, uh, you know, the, the, the counterculture of, of gun ownership, we're probably one of the most inclusive communities, period. I mean, I, I advocate everybody, 
you know, arm themselves. I don't care what fucking your skin color is. I don't give a fuck what your sexual orientation is. I don't give a fuck what your gender gender identity is. I don't give a shit. Um, arm yourself. <laughs> arm yourself. You know, learn to protect yourself. Yeah. Um, uh, and and that that's where we have to get in. You know, like you said, it, it's all about gun education and training. And I know we've dropped his name n- numerous times. But fucking what Maj Torre does. Oh Black yeah, guns matter, dude. 100%. I mean, that's. I mean, he's doing the good work, man. That that dude is putting in the fucking good work, bro. He really is. Uh, and, and and he's arming the hood, and he's doing it the right way. You know, he's giving gun education. He's he, he uh, teaches de-escalation. Um, you know, proper gun technique, proper training. Uh, you know, obtaining your. Unfortunately, through our system, you know, obtaining your firearms legally. Um, not that I necessarily advocate for that but um you know under our current system i mean you know for the most part for those who lack gun education it's it's a good start it's an excellent yeah start. that's a good so, way to I put mean, it yep right i mean and he like i said like i said we've name dropped him like a thousand times but man that dude that dude does the good work man and black guns matter is a great organization so um if you're one of those people that you know want to support marginalized folks uh, that that's a cause that you should get behind yeah, that really is a great point, and, and Maj does do a phenomenal job about you know arming the hood and making the hood great again, as he calls it. Uh, I think <laughs> it's wonderful because some of that stuff, you know, when m- my son learned how to shoot when he was six, and he first learned how to shoot on a twenty-two pistol, and then the next gun he shot while we were at the range was an AR-15. I'm not even joking. And, uh, of course, I stood behind him, and I held it, the, the weapon up for him, and I taught him trigger discipline and how to aim and all that other good stuff. And then when we would go to the range as he got older, my kids' uh, trigger discipline and gun discipline, gun safety, was literally miles ahead of some adults because some of these people show up at the gun store and they just buy something that looks nice. They don't know how to handle it. They don't know how... They don't know what range etiquette is, for example. That's another thing that uh, some some people in the community, unfortunately, those are new, let's say, are not really uh, hip to. And I think that Maj is doing a great job from the gr- from the, the ground up, doing that sort of work to first of all to not to get rid of the stigma of firearm ownership. Having a gun is just for the cops and the bad guys. Absolutely not. The cops and the bad guys are the same are playing for the same team, as far as I'm concerned. And the good people need to be armed. I think that this is great. I, I fully commend the Socialist Rifle Association. Whatever gets you there. And uh, let's remember that gun control, as we've seen it evolve in California, started with a Republican because black folks were armed with rifles on government property. Uh, the Black Panther specifically. That's what we're talking about. And it was Ronald Reagan, the hero of the right, who started putting in play... Uh, These gun control acts that limited people's ability to carry in public or carry on government grounds, at least in the the People's Soviet Republic of California. So that's something to consider. So it's funny how someone like him would advocate for, you know, I guess disarming in a sense or taking away someone's ability to be armed in certain situations. And yet here are the socialists who are saying, no, we want people to be armed, specifically these people who are marginalized. And, you know, we saw some of the signs at some of these rallies. I don't know if you remember that was in Virginia where that asshole signed in all those bills, those gun control bills, where you had people of many different hues 
of different uh, racial backgrounds and ethnic backgrounds holding up signs saying uh, armed minorities are harder to oppress. And I don't think that there's a truer <laughs> statement that could be spoken, right. really. Right. That just goes to show you that, uh, you know, the cops are fucking cowards when people can fight back. You know, when they got a badge and a gun and and protesters don't have a means to fight back, they'll tear gas you, they'll fucking beat you, they'll murder you. When you arm yourself, man, it's a whole different story. So, <laughs> yes, it is. It, it's it's a whole another ball game, and that just goes to show you that, uh, you know, they're not quite so ballsy whenever they can get shot back at. So, yeah, I agree. Not that not that I'm advocating for violence or anything to to, to be specific, but but you know, it's it's it just it's it sets a precedence. You know, there's a big difference between a group of people showing up to peacefully protest. Uh, that are completely unarmed, but then when you get a group of people showing up to peacefully protest and they're armed, it uh, it sets a totally different precedence. So, I agree. Uh, this will once again be in the show notes, their Wikipedia page, but also the link to their Socialist Rifle Association page, which is socialistra.org. Uh, they do safety, service, solidarity, and they have statements on the murder of George Floyd, statement regarding the Breonna Taylor and Kenneth Walker tragedy. They have um, they, they have a lot of resources that you can get into, or at least take a peek at what they're doing. Again, we don't ideologically want to hang out, but at least we can go to the range together, which I think is a wonderful start. So that's all I have for myself today. If you guys, uh, Angel, do you have anything that you would like to jump in on? I do not know. Okay, Chris, do you got anything to follow up with? Uh, nope, man, I, I, I spoke my piece. And it was a, it was a job well done, sir. Job well done. Hey, uh, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I get a little heated, so I'm, I'm a little more profane than you are at times. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> That's okay. I am too, Chris. That's how I express myself with words like fuck and shit and ass. Yeah, yes. I do the same thing, and, and <laughs> Jay's a little bit more eloquent um, when he speaks than I am, so... I'm, I'm it glad. Make, it makes for a good balance. It's a know? good balance. I agree. It yeah, does. It makes for a good balance. All right. Excellent. Well, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. I'd like to thank any new listeners that have come on board. Uh, if you would like to, you could support us on Patreon. We are on Patreon, and that's patreon.com forward slash pod. We have a $2 level. We're going to be adding some stuff, like if you want to get early releases, we'll be able to do that. And also, in the future, there may be a paywall behind some of the B-sides that we'll release. So just keep that in mind going forward. Our, our regular content is always going to be free uh, so that you guys can, you know, take it in and share it and at least. And if you want to let us know what you think, we're at useguysandthat at gmail.com. That's useguysandthat at gmail.com. We are at useguyspod, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we are also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, and uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, hopefully we're going to be getting some artwork. I'm going to try to get some artwork done here, maybe a little update to our website. we got some work to do, but uh, we're also going to try to work on some. I know I've said it before, <laughs> we're working on some T-shirt designs, hopefully with a boat involved. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but uh, a huge shout-out to, uh, once again, a friend of the hosts and friend of the podcast, Sal Mayweather. We really appreciate the support. Thank you very much. We'd like to thank everybody that listens. And uh, if you get at us, use guys in that at gmail.com or get a, get at us at use guys pod across all of those uh, platforms. We'll be happy to take uh, requests or if you have a question or if we have, if we need to make a correction, we're more than happy to do that. But from myself, Chris and Angel, the sound girl, thanks a lot, everybody. Appreciate the support and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Peace.
Woo! <laughs>